0: Hello and welcome to the Art of Oppression podcast. These podcasts offer the opportunity to hear from artists and or activists who express and articulate their experiences of oppression or inequity using creative means. My name is Patricia Francis. If you listen to the last The Art of Oppression podcast, you'll know that we've been talking with Zita Holborn, and I'm pleased to say we can continue that conversation with her now. So, Zita, you're an activist and an artist, thinking about your art. To what extent would you say it's actually an extension of your work?
1: Greetings. Um, Yeah, definitely um, my art is an extension of my work. Art is work. Often um, artists are treated as if um, they can live off thin air and they should create some. art, that's the love of it, but actually art is also labour too, you know, artists work for a living um, through, through their art, um, but it's definitely an extension of like the work I do and I'm focused on in respect of um, equality and justice and human rights, absolutely.
0: When did your interest in art begin?
1: Um, It began from a very young age. So I grew up in a creative family. Um, My dad was um, a designer and an artist. And there were lots of artists and creatives and makers around, around me all through my childhood. So I think I had a natural creative flair. And I always loved to create art and also to read and write as well from a very young age.
0: And how would you describe your art?
1: Um, So I'm a multidisciplinary artist, a visual artist, a writer, a poet, uh, a vocalist, a songwriter, a designer, so I do a mixture of things uh, in in the art. And over the years, there have been times where I'm focused on one aspect or another, and then I've Switch to another aspect <laughs> in my focus, and at the moment, somehow or another, I'm managing to to do kind of um, all of them, uh, uh, you know, at once. Not literally at once, but I'm involved in in all of those aspects at the moment. So you'll be Rich performing, to,
0: will you?
1: Yeah, so I'm, I'm a performance poet, so I do readings and performance, but. I also run writing workshops and art workshops. Um, sometimes for children, sometimes for adults. Um, I'm part of an all black women singing group called We Collective. Um, uh, all black. Well, it's all black women, um, uh, non-binary people, and femmes. And um, that's really, really uplifting. We sing for our ancestors and for freedom and justice oh,
0: wonderful um,
1: it's a really um wonderful safe calming peaceful space to be in but yes we do you know just coming together to sing is the most important thing um but we do go out and perform and do gigs as well um and so yeah there's, so there's different types of performance i do and of course i'm a public speaker as well Sometimes I kind of mixing in up those those different things um, in the platforms I have, and um, then, of course, I'm a visual artist. I curate art exhibitions, but I also exhibit internationally and um, take on commissions. But even if I wasn't doing any work as a professional artist uh, um, or a you know, professionally as a poet, I would be creating poetry. Um, and singing and creating art in the space of my own home because it's what brings me joy and healing. It's how I document and process what's happening to me, what's happening in the world.
0: And you exhibit, you said, so do you have an ex- exhibition at the, the moment?
1: Yeah, so I have art in um, a cafe at the moment. I had some in a library that's just finished, I have art in an exhibition in the USA. Um, I've got art going into an exhibition in Spain shortly, and then um, I also have an exhibition that I curate, the Roots Cultural Identity Art exhibition, which is going to be a virtual online exhibition. Um, it's usually a physical exhibition, but for the past two years, because of the pandemic, it's been a virtual exhibition. So. Yeah, I have art in um, a range of different exhibitions.
0: And in effect, I mean, we'll come on to voice later, but in effect, that is your voice that's been placed in all those spaces, really. I don't know if you perceive it that way.
1: Yeah, it's definitely a piece of me. My story, um, my experience, my voice, however you want to define that, Mm. yes it's telling my story or it's telling the story I want to tell which could be about the campaigning work that I'm I'm doing or, um, you know, uh, something I want to raise awareness of um, and sometimes it's just art that I've created that came from the gut and the soul with no sort of, um, you know, preconceived idea of what I was going to create
0: Yeah, yeah you studied art at, um, at London College of Printing and Watford School of Art, is that right?
1: Yeah, that's correct. Uh,
0: and when you graduated, did you feel at that stage that you had actually found your creative voice as an artist?
1: So before I went to art school, I was torn between um, doing a degree in art or in, like, English literature, Um, to pursue my writing. So I made the decision to go down the art route. Um, I think, you know, I went and studied graphic design and illustration, but I still had this love um, for textiles. And at one point I almost transferred. I went to look at another art school, another course, and I was almost going to transfer into textiles. Um, But I also loved to sing and I wrote songs. Um, at that time I wrote poetry, but I wrote poetry for me, which was just documenting my inner and deeper feelings, emotions, pain. Um, and I kind of wrote the poems and then put them away in the drawer. So I didn't do anything with them. Um, so I wouldn't say that I came out of art school and thought, this is it. I've found what I want to do. There was still a range of things that I wanted to do in the arts and, it, and creatively. Um, and actually it was hard when I came out, I think um, there was quite a lot of institutional racism in the arts and culture sector, there still is, Um, so uh, I found it hard to find um, a a place in the industry and I ended up doing other things, Um, you know, I needed to make a living and pay the rent and that kind of thing so I ended up doing other work. Um, then I pursued a career as a singer and a songwriter. Then I focused on the poetry. And then I came back to the art. You know, I always did it as a hobby in between. Um, but I came back to it professionally after sort of focusing on these other aspects of, of the arts.
0: Mm. So are you ever the subject of your art?
1: If you look at my songs and poems, absolutely, 100%, because um, through through words, I'm very often documenting what I'm thinking, feeling, experiencing and witnessing. Um, in my visual art, in my paintings, Um, I'm often documenting things that I'm involved in um, and campaigns I'm involved in, but not necessarily me, myself. Um, But I have done um, a couple of self-portraits. Usually if I do them, they're kind of just like sketchy things that I don't, you know, do anything with or Mm -hmm. exhibit. But I actually have got... um, My self-portrait going into an art exhibition uh, quite soon in London. Yeah,
0: yeah, great. So, do you have a piece that's your favourite?
1: A piece of art that's Mm, my favourite. Yeah, by somebody else or by no, by
0: you that you've created.
1: Okay, Um, I can't say that there's one favourite piece. Um, That's quite difficult because I think anyway, what. What, um is my favourite from one moment to another. It could change over time. But uh, a couple of pieces that come to my mind with you asking that question, and one is um, a piece of art, which is a painting that I use for the cover of my book, which is entitled Mother Africa. And another one, um, I have an emotional tie to it because um, I created that piece of art when my son had had um, a cycling accident and was going through like a really rough time as a result of his injuries and recovery. And um, it was of a mother. I mean, he, you know, he he was at university when it happened. But the the piece of art I did was of a mother cradling a baby. And I entitled it a mother's love is healing. And so yeah, there's an emotional connection to that because of I me creating it at that time when it was a very emotional experience uh, it was so, kind of pain when you're when your child goes through something
0: yeah, yeah and you're feeling it so when you're creating is it intuitive then is it that you sit down you don't really know what's going to come out but something does
1: it depends because Sometimes I'm creating art which links to a campaign that I'm involved in. So let's say the Windrush scandal Mm. or mass deportations or a family justice campaign. So I might create a piece of art that I want to use to raise awareness of that issue. Um, Or I might have seen something or heard something that resonated with me and I felt emotionally. And so I've documented that for, uh, for a piece of art. Um, but other times yeah it's just uh, i will have that experience of i have an urge to to create a piece of art but i don't have anything specific in mind and it just comes yeah just that thing of the canvas the paint and that experience so it is it is a real mixture
0: yeah i mean what i love about your your work it, particularly your campaigning art um is how you capture the essence of what it's about within your your images you know they're they're not complicated they're really how how do i describe it they they are specific they're focused they're to the point but they're colorful as well for me but really carry, carry a serious message. I, I really like how you're able to, how you do that. I mean, as someone who's not creative in that way, you know, I, I, just, I just love it. I, I love the messages that come out through the, the beauty of the art, basically. So what, what comes first for you, art or activism? Um,
1: I think the, in my life, in my whole life, the art definitely came first, um, but now, no, they go hand in hand i can't couldn't see one being there and not the other, um, and they are so interconnected anyway that they are part of the same thing a lot of the time.
0: Mm, yeah,
1: so an artist that I
0: spoke with said that they wanted their art to challenge assumptions. What do you want people to take from your work, your works?
1: Um, So I would agree with that, actually. Challenge assumptions. Um, Raise awareness of issues that people might not engage with otherwise. Um, Acknowledge the struggles that um, we go through. And I think it's also about being unapologetic about the art that I'm creating because we're often um, black artists or women, women artists, we're um, pigeonholed or labelled um, until we're not mainstream enough or we're only for black audiences or women audiences or, and so on. But actually all art is for everybody. Um, so, if I can create a platform for other artists and I can achieve a platform for my own art, hopefully um, that art will connect with somebody somewhere who will think, well, okay, if she can do it, I can also do it. Um, you know, we shouldn't have to be hidden away and marginalized in the arts and culture sector. Um, and that's what I experienced, you know, in my younger years, um, in the sector. But I reached a stage where I'm going to create what I want to create, what's in me, because it's not for somebody else to dictate what's the correct type of art or not. And if I'm documenting my lived experiences, the places I've been, the things that I love, um, I'm happy. So it's not really about um, it's not really about doing it for other people. That's not the first the first thing in our minds, I think, for most of us as artists. It, you know, the, an audience, we're creating it for us because it's something in us that needs to come out. Well, that's, that's the way it is for me. So if I never had an audience, if I never had my work printed in a book, if I never had my work in an exhibition, I would still be creating it because it would be something that's there inside me that needs to come out. Um, And the process of doing that is um, making sense of the world. It's processing things that are going through my mind. It's um, easing the pain and the stress that I experience or have experienced in my life. It's documenting history, it's documenting my journey so all of those things are as important enough by themselves without having to have an audience for them.
0: That's lovely. Zita, we've actually come to the end of this, this episode. So um, thank you very much. We'll be continuing the conversation with Zita in the next The Art of Oppression podcast. If you want to hear more, please do listen in. Thank you, Zita.
1: Thank you.